Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm excited today to introduce you guys to Mary Shook, who is a beauty biz trailblazer. And I'm going to be honest with you, before I hopped on the phone with Mary today to do the interview, I got a phone call telling me that my hot water heater had basically exploded and was flooding my treatment room. So I dealt with that a little bit. And then I said, hey, the show must go on. I really want my people listening to the show to hear and learn about Mary and all the amazing things she does in our industry and for our industry. So I am really thrilled to bring you this interview. Mary Shook is a licensed esthetician, a cosmetic chemist, a renowned makeup artist, who started in the fashion industry and did a lot of work. You're going to hear she did a lot of work for free to get where she is today and to build the reputation she has as a leader and a pioneer in our industry. She's really best known for introducing beauty innovations to mainstream consumers, which include lash extensions, airbrush makeup, stem cells in cosmetic formulations, BB creams via Korea and countless other technology. Mary Shook has recently gained notoriety in the media for being the Christopher Columbus to Korea's exploding beauty market. She is bringing things to the United States that are so exciting, fresh new ideas on how to stand out in your community by offering these amazing services and products to our clients. So you're going to hear about some of this. Stay tuned to the end because she talks about one thing that you're going to get early access to before it even hits the media. And you're probably going to want to bring it in your treatment room. But when Mary isn't traveling the globe, hunting for the world's most innovative beauty and anti-aging products, she can be found treating elite socialites actresses and influencers at her spa, Beauty by Mary Shook. And also she is big into formulating products for other beauty lines. And again, introducing these hot new things from Korea. She's bringing them here to us in America. She is the owner of MS Apothecary. It's a showroom and lash cult by Mary Shook, temporary lashes, products and services, and Liquid Gold, her own plant stem cell anti-aging line. Stay tuned. She has a lot of information and I was so excited to get her on here. I've known Mary for years and I really, until today, didn't know really what a pioneer she is in this industry. Again, stay tuned till the end. You're going to really want to hear what she has to talk about that's going to be hitting the hot media track soon. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I am a licensed esthetician, spa owner, and beauty biz industry coach, consultant, and educator. I'm so excited to share my love of all things beauty industry related with you. So I invite you to join me each week as I feature compelling interviews with industry educators and leaders and inspirational success stories from my fellow beauty biz practitioners. Stay tuned for some powerful beauty biz inspiration. everybody and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Cree, and today our guest is Mary Shook. Hi, Mary. Hi, Lori. How are you? <laughs> good, good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here and thank you for your patience. I guess we can tell our guests we almost had to cancel this call today because as we speak, the water heater at my spa is blowing up. <laughs> And I'm sure you can appreciate that because Mary, you are an esthetician and a spa owner in New York City, right? Yes, that's correct. And I've seen some of the craziness on Facebook that you've had to go through. Will you just share with the people listening in a crazy, chaotic thing that you've had to deal with as a spa business owner? As a spa business owner? Like I see fire trucks outside your building and I see remodeling stuff and all that crazy stuff going on. Like it's not easy to keep a business just flowing, is it? 
No, you know, I think the worst thing that happened more recently is last year, the building decided that they were going to redo our windows. And I actually came to the space that I'm in on 23rd Street in Manhattan because of these windows, because I thought, you know, these windows will do a lot for advertising, more for online than anything. So location, all that's important. But they decided without notice to start doing work and... I started getting sick and another customer wasn't feeling well. And I thought, you know, I bet you there's lead paint on those windows and no one has done anything to look into this. And I decided to run a test and I was right because the management thought, oh, well, just give her some air freshener and she'll be fine. (laughs) What kind of sick was showing up? Like, were you? We were just nauseous and like the gases. And so they thought, oh, well, you know, it's just whatever we're using. And I'm like, no, I think because it's an old building, I bet you it's lead paint. And I was correct. I did a test. They still thought I was crazy. And it just turned into a big ordeal. And New York is notorious for lead. It's not an isolated thing. Asbestos and lead are two lovely, lovely things you have to deal with in New York. So it, it really hurt my business to have to shut it down. We had to get a cleaning service. It just, you know, it shut things down for two weeks. It's right in the middle of our Christmas holiday stuff that was happening. Like everything that could be going on or happening at that time, it was happening. So I think as a spa owner, you always have to be prepared for something to be an emergency as you just dealt with this morning. (laughs) This is the second time in four years, this hundred gallon water heater has flooded out my treatment room. And the first time it happened, I had a a nervous breakdown practically. And the second time I thought, oh, well, I'll deal with it and move on. I'm going to call Mary. And I've been dying to hear about what you do and what you have to offer us. (laughs) And, you know, here we are, but thank you for sharing your craziness because I just, there's so much to handle. It's crazy. So I appreciate your lead window story and the fact that you powered (laughs) through it. And if you could share one thing you took away from that with everyone listening, because we all have to deal with this stuff. What was it? Like, what was the power lesson that you learned? It's about taking charge of the situation and not letting either it's, if it's a building or if it's a, you know, an account company that is dealing with a product, you have to be really strong in whatever, if you know you're right and you have to be strong about it and not be like, Oh, this is just the way it is. And they're difficult. It's, you have to take charge. And if you, if you don't assert yourself, you're, you're in the wrong business. So you actually are a licensed esthetician, a spa owner. We're going to get into how you investigate products and how you bring them to the U S in a little bit, because that's really what I want to know. You also have a talent for getting amazing PR, Mm -hmm. but Did you move to New York City from the South? Like, how did you end up in New York? (laughs) I don't think we have a long enough program for that. Um. (laughs) You take control. Like, I would just visualize and picture you being born and raised in New York and handling it like a pro. No, no. I was born and raised in Kentucky and when I was 17 because I just knew that I'd outgrown what opportunity could ever lie for me in Kentucky at that time. And it wasn't the global world that we live in now, you know, where you can be kind of anywhere and it's more global. But so my first stop was Chicago. I was in the fashion industry and just always knew I was going to be in fashion and ended up creating a career as a makeup artist there. And then was known for the work that I was creating there and got Pulled over for a project for two years in Milan, Italy. So I lived there for a while. And then from there, began to get some notoriety and got pulled into New York. And I didn't know I was going to move there. And I knew it was at some point, but, you know, it just kind of told me when it was going to happen. So I still had a place in Chicago and had basically moved to New York, but... (laughs) 
And of course, in this, I'm still, I've lived in Paris and all over the place, but this is just the simplified version. But it's just, I had always been in fashion and saw that fashion was not going to maintain <laughs> what it had been. So I'm really good at predicting the future. And I've even done that with this industry, which is why I kind of dabble in other things to make sure that I have a variety of things going on and not just, it keeps things exciting for the customers to offer different things. And that's what we're going to lead into what you're talking about with importing and so on with the Korean products. But as far as I know, I'm kind of all over the place right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I think this is what people in our industry want to hear. We're so sick of being sold to and what's really connecting with the listeners on the Beauty Biz Show is everyone's story. Like, how did you get to where you are today? And how do you know these things? And it's inspirational. Well, you know, I've, I've always been the kind of person that wants to to do the best I can in whatever it is that I'm doing. So I, I can't, I have no time for mediocrity. So there's, there's an OCD kind of have to be the best type of situation going on, but it's not like a competitive thing. It's because I like to I guess, fix problems and make people happy. And, and we're in an industry where we have this ability of really transforming people's lives. And unfortunately, when you do fix people on the outside, it does fix them on the inside. And that trickles down to other parts of their lives and kind of has this wave pool effect with everyone around them. And I, I'm sure you've witnessed it yourself, where if you fix someone's acne or, or something and people that are around them react differently, and then those people, it's just it's like this trickle-down effect of, of how much you can really change the world for the better through just a facial. <laughs> and you know, you're absolutely right. When women look beautiful, they feel beautiful. And it's our whole self-esteem. You feel more confident. And I just had a conversation this morning with somebody surrounding this. Uh, my business boomed during the failing economy because people wanted to look and feel good while they were out there trying to change their life. Good point. That's a good point. And I'm sure then it was more male oriented, correct? Well, you know, it, it's these women were coming in for interviews and be prior to interviews because they wanted to look and feel amazing. And that really did seem to help their self-esteem because we got beat up during the failing economy. And let me lead this right into, I found an article that you wrote yesterday that I found to be so powerful. I found it on LinkedIn and I really want you to speak to this about the discounting delirium that happened in the spa industry yeah. over the failing economy. And I don't feel like it really needed to happen. No. People were willing to pay for these things. That article was amazing. So you talk about how it's just really hard to sustain a business when you go into it severely discounting. Will you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, basically what it is is that when you're discounting something, sometimes it's there are certain motivators and it's great to do something when it's slow, but when it's to actually try to attract customers, it's for the wrong reasons. It's not a sustainable model. So, And that's what's happened. When Groupon first came out, you know, people were like, oh, they would look for whatever the service was. It was a certain type of machine that it was popular at that time. And spas weren't making the money. They basically thought, oh, I'm going to bring this person in. They're just looking for someone that can do something well. And, and once they come in, I'm going to grab them and they're going to be my customer forever. And they didn't realize that we've created this coupon hopper kind of thing where no one really has to pay full price for anything. And I know there's uh, Edge Systems, for instance. They have the Gentle Waves. And they've been really strong and educating that you don't want to discount what your services are because it's of a certain value. It's not, you have to make sure that everything factors in because otherwise you're going to be quickly out of business. And that's what's happened to a lot of the spas. They can't compete. And the only way you can kind of compete is 
that special service that you give them. Or I know like another spa that's doing like a, a once a month kind of, oh, I talk about acne this month or, you know, di- just different things where it's, I always tell people, put yourself in the customer's shoes. If it were you, what kind of experience would you want? And if you're paying with a coupon, not that that's bad, but if you're looking for a couponing situation, you're not really thinking about what it is that you're, you're offering. And it should never be at a discount. You should always value what it is that you give. Yeah, offer value. And you know, it's funny, I just read a study, and I think it may have been on InkMagazine.com or Entrepreneur Magazine, that 97% of people that are searching for something are not looking for the lowest price online, like an online search for a service. Interesting. Yeah. So it's really not based on price. And I know you're, you own a spa in New York city, which you have to do a lot of facials and a lot of waxing to pay your rent there, right? Like it's an astronomical probably expense every month. It's, it's a huge overhead. It's really a lot of, it's huge overhead. And the thing is, is that my strategy has always been find services that are hard to find elsewhere, create things that are hard to really It's, I find a different way or a means to an end, meaning I'm going to approach a customer a little differently than someone else might. And I'm very different than what the industry offers. So I've, I've strongly been writing on my blog every week, Tuesday's ultra beauty tips, where it's, I address things that the customers have been questioning, whether it's about, you know, what do you think of steam? Or I heard about this laser or, you know, all of these different things because the customers are looking for some kind of guidance. So when you're offering a service, you're not just offering a result. You're also offering kind of a, a way of life and philosophy. And I think that that's really important. But as far as my own personal strategy, it had really been about what can I offer that I know is not about a business model because the business models are not working. People are like, they're realizing, Hey, they're just, they're just taking my money. And I'm not happy. And I'm going to keep searching till I find that place that I'm happy. So you'll get the people that temporarily, when they see an article or, or whatnot, that they're like, oh, I want to go to this because it's the newest thing. But the ones that are the ones you maintain and that are your bread and butter are the ones that are happy with what they've had. And the thing that I'm so proud of is that my, my retention rate has always been around 80%. And the only time that I end up losing customers or if they move, they have a certain health condition or I fire them. So I actually do fire them. <laughs> okay. I want to talk about two things because people are going to want to know this. First of all, how do you track your retention rate? Do you have QuickBooks? Like how do you know you have an 80% retention rate? Well, I was one of the first people to get onto the software that is now called Booker. Oh yeah. Um, so it will tell you a lot of the information that's in there. Also just, it tells you the rates at what someone comes in and all of that. And now with Square apps, it tells you everything now. Yeah. It's got a, a pie chart of who it is, how often they're coming, what their average ticket price is, all of it. So I love, 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 I told them I'd even do a commercial Square because it had completely changed my business. Um, and I'm, I'm happier to pay an extra percent higher just to not have... Julie on the phone for four hours trying to figure out why this platform didn't take, (laughs) you know, this credit card system and this, this system's down. It's never been down. I've never had a payment issue. It's just, it's been awesome. I called them yesterday and I need four square readers for a live event that I'm doing. 
And I needed actually three. And they go, their customer service is phenomenal. Yes. They actually said, we're going to send you four. We're going to send them right away. We're not charging you for them. It was, I held the phone away and I'm like, who is this person? They're incredible. They're amazing. Amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing. And they actually even, which all the estheticians should know, and especially because the big trend that's going on right now is like the solopreneur spas, because a lot of people don't feel comfortable being at a spa that may push products that they're not interested in, or they may have a method that they want to do that is not in line with the spa. So the great thing about them is that they have a square capital, which will kind of basically help you fund the business after you've created a little bit of a history so that they can see what kind of money you're bringing in. And then as you swipe, that's when they take your money. Whereas most capital systems with a bank or companies that are, are cash companies They'll say, oh, you owe us, you know, $200 a week. And whether you're making that money or not, you still owe us. And so it's just a no stress kind of situation. And I've, I've used it, especially because in New York, it's slower in June, July, August. And if I need to buy equipment or if I need to buy something and I have or an unexpected like expense, which happens all the time, mm-hmm. um, it's nice to know that that square capital is there when, you know, you're like, oh, I need that, but the bank's not going to give it to me, but they just did. And it's just, it's so easy. <laughs> I feel like an advertiser. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. So that's actually good to know. I'd, I'm like you, I will pay the higher percentage rate because of all the other added amenities that it has. So I want to do two things. I want to ask you how you break up with a client. And then I want to circle back to how we started this call about working smarter, harder. And I want to hear about all these exciting things you're bringing to the US from Korea, because it's a hot topic right now. And I feel like you're a leader in that area. So how do you break up with a client? And then we're going to move on to all these exciting things that you're investigating for us beauty biz practitioners. Sure. So because I'm not a spa that does volume, we have different various contractors that come in for special types of things. So they'll come in and, you know, we'll say that we have Fiona and she's coming in on two days this month. And so she's just doing you know, like the SX 4000 or, you know, we'll have different people that do different things. So it's, we're, we're about quality, not quantity. And so the, the way the business is set up is very different. So for me, it's very important if I have a session and it's an hour and a half or two hour session and that client decides that they're going to schedule me after their doctor or their hair colorist or whoever, you know, and they think it's okay to show up a half hour late. I'm not going to go and take a half hour from that next customer. And so what I started noticing is they're like, oh, that's fine. You know, I'll just take whatever time's left. But then in the back of their head, they forgot that they were late and they don't know why their skin is not as good as maybe the last time I worked on them. And I said, well, because you gave me a half hour less than what you gave me last time. And so therefore you're not going to have the same kind of retention or effects that happened. So I got kind of tired of all the games that kind of happen or people not showing up, which that never happens anymore. We have a two strikes and you're out policy. And I created that after I realized if a customer has an excuse, a doctor's, whatever it is, and they do it twice, then they're going to always have that problem. And there were some statistics, I forgot where I read before, but they said basically a majority of your business will be the people that are problems, and those are the ones that keep your business from excelling. And so you have to cut out the problem children, as I call it. So they know that clearly I have a policy page and it says, you, you know, within a year, calendar year, 
you can't miss no matter what more than twice. Because the thing is, if people are like, well, I'll pay the cancellation fee. And I said, it's not about the money. It's about the fact that you took your spot and then you took another spot. And then someone else that's trying to schedule thinks that I'm not available. So there's all these different scheduling things. So I nipped it in the bud. When I had the two strikes you're out policy, it completely changed everything for me. And then there were the other times where you had, like I said, the people that are habitually late. So I said, let me experiment and see if I, after 10 minutes, because 10 minutes is the magic mark. If I see someone's not there in 10 minutes, it usually means they're not going to show up or that they're going to be 40 minutes late because it's like 10 minutes is kind of a grace period. So I charge a $50 late fee if they show up after 10 minutes. And it's prohibited some of that. But again, they can only do that twice within a calendar year. And if not, then that's it. So I've had major, major, major people that they think, oh, because I'm a celebrity or because I'm this editor that she's just going to let me slide. And, you know, someone will show up and they didn't even tell me that they're going to be late. And they're like, oh, hi. And it's 20 minutes. And I'm like, you know, we're past the policy. And unfortunately, at this time, I, I'm not able to service you. You're welcome for us to finish this session, but this will be our last session. And some are in shock and some respect it and some I still even have coffee with and they just are good customers. <laughs> but I, I love and care for them socially and it's just, but they're hurting the business and the ones who respect it will and I'm, I'm well respected for it and people also, when they recommend people to me, know, oh, I'm not going to recommend her to Mary because I know that they're going to be late and this is going to be a problem. So it's, it's well known. <laughs> I, no, I love this because this is what I, I call them business boundaries. You obviously have them set up, you have them in place and you own it. You own it. And I think if we all did that as beauty biz practitioners, right? It's like the, the cast of Friends. Remember, they were the highest paid sitcom yep. actors and actresses because they stuck together. And I feel like if we all had yep. these boundaries in place and you got a late fee or you actually were asked to no longer be a client then gosh, we would get so much respect in this industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, though, also, I think they'll take people more seriously in general because people sometimes there's that, oh, you're just a facialist or you're not a doctor or, you know, there's certain things that happen. And I think when, again, you, you have to be assertive, sort of like the old Russians. <laughs> Where it's just like, you know, you don't, you don't want to mess with the old esthetician Russian kind of group, but people respected them. And they're like, you know what? I know if I go to this person and, and the same thing, I've always said, this is the other flip to it. I told them if I am ever five minutes late, so if I run five minutes into their time, I will take $50 off of their treatment. So it's a dual yeah. respect. I've Reciprical. never had to do it. So are you I a Virgo? I'm actually Libra. Libra. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm a Virgo and we have a lot in common. And I want to tell you, I don't know if you know this or not, but you took my business to a whole new level. What? Yes. And when I first met you, we have a mutual friend named Tony. He said, if you ever need help with this piece of equipment that I bought, you can email Mary Shook, but you can't call her. She's too busy. I was terrified of when I first was introduced to you. So I started emailing you and then I met you and I'm like, Mary's really nice. Tony had me so scared. <laughs> so you got, I got this new piece of equipment and you, I think had one of the first ones of the, of the type yep. uh, in the United States. And you got an article in Vogue magazine. Yep. 
And I don't know how you do this PR stuff, but because of that, I had famous Bollywood actresses flying in for treatments with me and supermodels and people from Australia. So thank you, Mary, because I worked 21 days in a row, 12 hours a day and paid off this astronomically priced piece of equipment that I bought. But you know, the thing is, is that it's something where it creates an opportunity also for you know, you can get a lot of different press, but then it's about retention. And retention, I automatically say 30%, forget it. People are just, you know, there because they want to say they did something or, or whatever. Then it's up to you to really create that relationship with that customer and, and see what kind of problem you're solving or a need that you're fulfilling. So you created new relationships based on that article, but it's really you that helped create that business and maintain the business and have several locations you know, so that's you. I do. I have my client retention stuff in place, but you got me some great, great, great exposure. And I want to thank you for that. I don't even think we've ever talked about it before. So I don't know how, what I want to do is you bring these products and these new technologies into the United States. And I keep hearing these products from Korea, these beauty biz products are mind blowing, but I want the people out there to know when you invest in Mary and these retail things that she can, you know, offer to your spa, you also get the press to stand behind them. So it, it really does. It's a full circle when people start doing business with you. (laughs) It it is. And it's, it's funny because a lot of people don't understand that, that business model. So for instance, I've always been the kind of person where I'm not a PR company. I am not someone who can guarantee anyone anything. And I have a relationship with a lot of editors, actually funny enough, because several of them were interns when I was a makeup artist and you know, I didn't know at the time when these people were intern doing internships for the magazines that they were going to continue on in that field. I thought, Oh, they're just doing an internship to fulfill whatever they were doing in college. Every single one of those <laughs> interns actually turned into senior beauty editors. And the one thing that they'd always said is that we just remember two things about you. One, you always use products, and did things in a way that was different from everyone else, and it fascinated them. And then the second was that I treated them with a certain respect that they didn't get with others because they were interns. And I said, because I treat everyone the same way. And that's what's important is it's about relationships. And when people are looking to be opportunists, you're only going to be setting yourself up for failure, or you're going to be paying a PR company a whole hell of a lot of money (laughs) to get something that, you may or may not get and it'll fizzle out. And so going back to the press, what happened is, is my press has happened from years of working for free in fashion because you have to build a portfolio. And a lot of people don't know that behind the scenes, makeup artists do not get paid money for years. And then you build the portfolio that and build relationships. And then eventually you will be up for like an advertising job or something else that eventually gives you huge money. So I can say I had a $5,000 day rate or a $10,000 day rate as a makeup artist. And very few people can say that. But you earned it paying. Your I earned it. Yeah. And, and a lot of people wouldn't stick that out. So it was the talent was there and then creating the opportunity and just being very patient and nothing happens overnight. It's it's that's the one thing. So if you're creating a spa and you're building clients, don't expect it to happen overnight. And anything that does doesn't stay unless you have a plan of action in place retention. Exactly. Exactly. And retention is really important. And my failing as a spa is anyone that I've in the past worked with. I had to teach them that I said, you know, 
this is this is how you interact and it's not about the do's and don'ts of how you speak to a customer but it's also that relationship with the customer that's appropriate or, or not so you know we're not talking about our sexual conquest with this customer it's about being there to listen to that customer <laughs> is what I try to explain to some of the people that have worked for me. It's like, even though they're not saying that they don't like what you're saying, it doesn't mean they're not thinking that I don't ever want to be here again. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's called social etiquette. And I've had to deal with this as well with some of my employees um, that are oversharing. <laughs> so yes, yes. That's yes. the truth. No, it's, it's about listening. It's not like when you're at a hair salon, even though that's inappropriate too, but when you're face to face with a customer or your your hands are on a customer in a certain way, there's an intimacy there that's not necessarily there when you're cutting hair. And that time is a lot shorter than when you would be with a facial. So the things that might be appropriate discussions at a hair salon are not the same appropriate discussions <laughs> in a spa setting. And what I find mostly is people want to relax or you know, find a separate therapist. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And you know what, you're right on. And that's something for us to all just stop and think about because I even get to the point where I almost share something and I'm like, oh, no, wait, let's just keep that for my friends and family, not my clients. So that's a good point to bring up when you're trying to build a clientele that respects you and you position yourself as an expert. Yeah, but going back to the whole thing with Korea and products and so on, you know, my whole history has been about finding the best and if it didn't exist, making it. So one thing that we haven't discussed is that I'm also a cosmetic chemist. I'm part of the Society of Cosmetic Chemistry based on the fact that I was one of the first also to build and develop formulas for the airbrush. Airbrush makeup did not exist at first, except in the theaters. And I helped bring it to fashion. And so a lot of formulations were not there. A lot were unsafe. And then Temp2 started to add silicone bases to their formulas and really pushed hard getting it into the fashion industry. Um, Because when I was using it initially, it was not accepted. People were really afraid of it. And I used it more for kind of special effects than beauty. It was like the best for bronzing and, and, and so on. But I would also at the same time upset the editors because they'd look at my table to get the references of what I was using and they're like, oh, you know, you make this so difficult. And I'm like, what? They said, because everything that you're using, we don't know about and we have to find another product that we can uh, associate with it. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry that I give you an effect that you like in a photo, but I have to make you do your job. So how did you even, I mean, so you get into this chemistry thing, what then leads you, because this is just such a hot topic and I know everyone's going to want to know about it. What leads you to China and to Korea? Like that takes a brave chick to leave her spa and go explore the world to bring these things back to us. Well, the thing is, is that a lot of the Koreans, and I don't think people knew it at the time, were sniffing us out at trade shows. They wouldn't necessarily have the products with them, but they would be advertising and I've always been very science-based, so I started having conversations with them, whereas other estheticians and doctors and so on were not. So they're like, oh, you actually get what we're talking about. No one's asking these kind of questions. So it's, it's really about, I have a thirst for knowledge. I have a thirst for figuring things out. I, I want to know how something ticks, just like you do. And it just seemed that every time I would find something that was really good or really cool or be introduced to a product, it kept coming from South Korea. I'm like, huh. And this this has been something that's started since, for me, at least the early 2000s. But I had someone that introduced me to stem cell growth factors, for instance, and I kept hearing it. People were like, you know, you should really look into this. And 
I'm like, how can you do anything with stem cells on top of the skin? You know, it's, it, that should be injected. And I'm, I'm just really closed minded about the whole thing. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's like dead protein. And, but I got introduced to a few different companies and I went to some medical trainings and found out, Oh, actually stem cell growth factors could be really cool. And then the South Koreans were trying to show me how, you know, plant-based stem cell growth factors can even be more powerful than human stem cell growth factors. And so there's just this whole history that I have. And Eventually, what happened and where I'm at now is that I've kind of become a big importer, kind of distributor for a lot of brands and SKUs out of South Korea because what happened is that they're like, you know how to talk about our brands. We don't. And we don't understand the American consumer, and you do. So we're going to kind of put this responsibility on you. (laughs) Well, no, that's amazing. So if we'll share at the end how our listeners can see what you're offering and where they can find your products. But how did you do? I know you have something called Lash Cult. Is that something you brought over from an international place or? Well, most lashes are made overseas. And so what I did is that because, well, let me go back. The Lash Extension, there were some companies that had them online originally, way back in the late 90s. And it kind of scared me because I was looking at some of the stuff that they have for the glues. And I'm like, is that nail glue? I know. Like this big formaldehyde. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And, and buying online was really difficult at the time. But I was bu- actually building eyelashes for uh, the Dior and Versace couture shows. And so I was trying to find as many different types of materials as possible. And then finally... I would play around with just the lashes themselves and add them to like different photo shoots and so on. But there was a show where it first, first, first launched finally with lavish lashes. They were the very first company to do an actual training and take it from the Korean CD to what it is now. So they they had the glue, they had the training. So my first training actually, I wasn't actually training. I was the model. I had one person working on my left eye and the other on the right eye and... (laughs) You know, one did a decent job. The other one, it was really painful. And so I got to see what to do and what not to do. And then I I just hit the pavement running and positioned it to the press and showed them, you know, there's this really cool thing. And they all thought I was nuts. And then finally, one day, Vogue saw it in Orlo Salon, where I was at at the time, because before that, I was going to people's houses. And that was just a nightmare. It was just like you had dogs and kids crawling all over people. And Someone had an appointment at whatever time, and they're like, oh, hold on, let me just finish this call. And it just, there was no control over the environment. So I went to Orlo because I told them, I said, hey, we're all in the fashion industry. You understand that my schedule is variable, and I will never cancel on you, but I want the flexibility. And they were even, what are you talking about? Lash extensions? And in fact, they declined me at first. And then People in California were asking if they knew of something like that. And that's when they called me in. They're like, okay, do, do a test for us and show us what this is about. So lash extensions after that Vogue article were everywhere. It had been written about a few other times before that, but it was really when it hit Vogue that it just became an overnight sensation. And all these glue companies came up, you know, every, everyone just, it was, it was a huge phenomenon and still is. I mean, there's still a cult following for all of that. But what I learned over time is that I can only service, I have to turn away about 40% of the customers because they either have eye allergies, their eyelashes are not healthy enough, they're too stressed out, whatever it is, and it's different, I'm sure, when people listen. On the West Coast, people are healthier, 
They have more exposure to vitamin D on the East Coast. We have thyroid issues out the wazoo. So I'm dealing with a different situation. So I said, you know what? Let's go back to temporary eyelashes. And I took what I used to do from fashion and I said, I'm just going to do an eyelash service of the temporary lashes because no one is doing it right. Everyone looks like drag queens or they all look like really bad versions of Kim Kardashian. So let's do this. So the customers, they tried it. We tested it out. They're like, oh my God, this is so cool. And they're like, this is great because my lashes won't do that with the lash extensions. And I want to sometimes really go all out. So they named the company. I think you saw it on Facebook too. So some of that I, I put on Facebook and they all named it Lash Cult. And it's now a service that we're doing here and, and piloting. And I've had several different offers to license it to different spas and so on. So it's, it's in its infancy. But again, I'm not in a rush. I don't take something and run with it. And I like things to be I think a good lesson for everyone to learn is just don't take something because you hear it's the newest cream or it's the newest machine or the newest. You really need to know the ins and outs of everything, what could go right, what could go wrong. Like I, I did a guilt special to try to get different customers that I don't normally have. And I ended up getting someone with uh, teletrichomania where she pulls out her eyelashes and her eyebrows. And so it's like, okay, now I know what, how to handle that situation and how to suggest others handle these things. Chemo patients, you know, you find out what kind of customers you have and how yeah. to handle them. So if there's anything I can say is take your time and don't let the bottom dollar be the motivator because you're just going to lose. I call it the bright, shiny object syndrome. And it's so easy to get caught up in that in our industry because there's something new every day that looks exciting or somebody's marketing it in a way where you think it's going to change your business overnight. Absolutely. But the other thing about my business is that because I do test and vet things so much, that's going back to the press. That's why the press keeps coming back to me. They're like, okay, so what did Mary say? All right, everyone else is saying this, but Mary's the only one saying this, but everything Mary said, we followed and she's actually been right. <laughs> well, you know what else though? I think the reason that these people are so connecting with you is because the press wants to know what's new. And I think a lot of us want to get pressed, but we're just offering them the same old stuff they've heard for years. Like you got to give them something fresh and exciting. Yeah, you, do. you have to give it, it's fresh, exciting, and just also something that kind of helps. You can have only so many cellulite stories for summer. It's like find another way of making their job easier and interesting. And that's how you get in. Honestly, yeah, it's it's okay. So there's this new machine, and they're they're most likely not going to write about the machine because the thing about press these days, and especially in like the last three years, it's really really difficult to get placement in press because it's now just about the advertiser, and there's only so much space. And you know, like I have my own plant stem cell serum that I've had on market for a couple years now, and I can't get press on it. It's a favorite between all the editors but it's too competitive with the advertisers that they have. And I have to just oh. accept that. Oh, yep. so I'd never even thought about that. Well, what if there's an esthetician or a beauty biz practitioner that wants more information about your stem cell serum? How do they find you? The big site is beautybymaryshook.com and it has all of my different businesses and everything on there. But if you're looking for what products that I choose or things that like, for instance, part of my business had a decline because of Amazon. So what would happen is I'd either invest a certain amount of money in products or time or whatever it is into a product. And then all of a sudden this product's on Amazon and it's below my wholesale price. And I'm like, how in the world are they selling below my wholesale price and free shipping? And 
that's part of that whole retail mess that's on LinkedIn and where I described how discounting and all of this has affected everyone. So if you're not the manufacturer, you're kind of going to hurt as a small business at this time until things change or, or people decide to buy American and whatnot. Yeah, but, nobody can seem to figure out how Amazon does what it does. Oh, <laughs> Well, on the MS Apothecary, what happens is all the products that I've ever used, represented, tested are on there. So all of my recommendations, if you're looking for something to recommend to your customer, that's a great resource of different things because it's usually like a 90% success rate on up or, or satisfaction rate, which is huge. And like, for instance, a product that I always am recommending is the Olay Regenerous Microderma Peel Kit. And I'll have people that buy La Prairie and La Mer and they're like, there's got to be something else. I'm like, nope, that's the product. This is the best thing for brightening. And I go through the whole spiel about why this Olay Regenerous product is under-marketed and people don't realize what an amazing product it is. And there's no like certain price value to the value of a product. If it's good and it's $2, which that would be one product. I've got silk cocoons now. I haven't told you that yet. <laughs> the Korean silk cocoons. Did I tell you about that? No. People are going to want to know about them. Speaking of Korean products, the one cool thing, and this happens with a lot of brands, is that they don't realize the value of something they, they have. And so originally the Korean showed me this silkworm cocoon and basically they use it to, it's a little pod. It looks like a, a small like bird egg and you stick your finger in it and you rub your nose and it's supposed to get rid of blackheads. So it's supposed to be this they're obsessed with blackheads over in South Korea. <laughs> obsessed. Like they, they'll have like 500 different products for blackheads. And of course they all work in their own way. But this one in particular, I was like, huh. And I, I started using it on someone when I first got it and I was using it under their eyes. And I'm like, is it just me or do the eye wrinkles look like they're erasing right before my eyes? This is really, <laughs> and then play around with it a little bit more. And then what I found out is that it has an amino acid in it, actually 18 different amino acids that help to hydrate and to plump the skin and get rid of hyperpigmentation. And so did a little more investigating because I'm like, why is it that people's skin is still plump? I, you know, I've, I've had other amino acids that I work with that are similar. And, and lo and behold, silk in itself, hydrolyzed especially, will attract 10,000 times its weight in water. Now, Let's talk about hyaluronic acid. That's been a big buzzword as far as hydration and so on. This is 10 times more of a humectant, meaning bringing water to the skin, than hyaluronic acid. So this is going to be huge. And for like a bag of little 12 cocoons, <laughs> it's like under $5. <laughs> Do you use them in your treatments or are these things people like retail your clients can take them home? Both. I'm actually starting a cocooning mm. uh, service. So that's what I'm saying is that I'm taking oh something and by the end of this year, everyone is going to know about cocooning in the press. Like, <laughs> See, you're so cutting edge and that'll get you press. But I'm, are you selling these now to the general public or is it something you're just introducing? Absolutely. No, it's, it's on msapothecary.com. But, you know, it wasn't until more recently that I got some of the clinical data from a university in India. And, and that's the other thing. I do a heavy, heavy amounts of research with a lot of peer review articles and, and doctor reviews and, and just different things until I find out a lot about something. And with this, I'm just like, okay, I'm seeing a certain result. No one's telling me why. I got to figure out why. And that's what I'll do. So with this, I'm like, wow, the price point's cheap. It's something that's effective. It's something that you can create as a service. You're um, doing it as, I'm sorry, it's New York. Speaking of sirens, <laughs> yeah, 
that's crazy. So you know what? I bet your clients are just okay with it not being silent in your spa. Something you get used to as a New no, Yorker. The music and I create an environment. Like I use the bio mat, so that's underneath them, and they're like halfway wanting to pass out anyway. I just. I try to hit them on as many senses as possible so that they have no other choice than to submit. <laughs> <laughs> they, they block the other stuff out. Back to the, the whole cocooning thing, though. Does it really remove blackheads? It does. It does. Uh, it helps break down the skin that's there. It helps break down the glue of the skin. So it does help with that. As far as the actual like extracting of it, it's helping more with the removal of it. So you, you have to kind of do some circular digging, but it does do that. But there's another product that's actually better. It actually makes the blackheads pop up like a strawberry seed on the nose. So all you have to take is a Q-tip and just wipe off the blackheads. So there's no extractions or digging or trauma to the nose. It's amazing. And you can do it while you're doing the facial and then put that on the nose. And so there's like a first one that's a disincrustation. So that's where all the, the pores open and everything's coming up. But I've never seen with any disincrustation lotion things actually pop up. And I actually have a photo on the website that shows that. And then you take the Q-tip after 10 minutes and get them off. And then you put a second mask on that closes everything down and it brightens the skin. So it's actually kind of funny because usually the skin is so nice around the nose that the rest of the skin looks like it would need it too. (laughs) But wait, is this something you brought over from Korea or is this? Yes, all of this is from Korea. So the Koreans... Honestly, so the one thing I'm concerned about, I'm going to say this right now, the the big phenomenon that's happening is that you've got two different things happening. There's a Moray Pacific that's been in the U.S. forever. It's a luxury brand. It's Korean. It's been here at least, I believe, 50 years or so. It's been at least around 50 years, but they have several different brands. So they're the ones doing the cushion compacts that have the foundation in them that are selling like millions of units a day, and they've got other brands. That, and then there's Face Shop, which is another thing and you're going to hear skin food and you're going to hear Tony Molly. And a lot of these brands are getting picked up by Sephora right now because they have the money for the advertising. They have the money for the real estate. They have the money for a lot of things. But the problem is, is a lot of these brands are like mm, a little, a bit better than maybe bath and body works. So they're not like stellar products, but they're safe. So that's great. And they've got cute packaging and they smell nice and but then there's the second group of like the manufacturer independent brands that are so cutting edge and so cool. And they just do, they're such pleasers. And what I'm noticing on, on my website is people will buy a few things and then they'll buy like three of something because the price point is so cheap on everything that, you know, you can get an amazing mask for $35 that'll last you three months. You can get different kinds of masks that are $2 each. There's, there's just a lot of value for your money that's there. And it's something that I encourage people if they want to get into something like this, I do distribute to different various spas and so on. So they are open to that right now. It's it's a new frontier. That's what I was interviewing Noelle Asmar, who makes the uniforms. And she said she was just at a global spa conference in Korea and they were dying to get into the United States, oh, yeah. some yeah. of these companies. So. But, you know, you have to go through the FDA and get everything registered. And then there's imports. There's a long process. And that's part of what I'm working on right now is the process of it. But I, I have certain stores that are like, we want these products now. And I'm like, you have to wait. <laughs> yeah. Good things come to those who wait <laughs> for sure. Yes. Korea is drop shipping direct to the customer. And if you order over $130, they'll ship it free express, which means you get it in less than a week. And then if you pay, I think $70, it's free shipping, but it'll take approximately like 10 to 15 business days. So 
Well, you are just a wealth of knowledge and I know that you are super busy, so I'm not going to keep you, but I do want to, all the things you talked about today, most of the things you talked about, people can actually buy directly from you. Yes. Okay. Give them a shout one more time. Let them know where to find you. So the main site so that you can kind of see all the different things going on is beautybymaryshook.com. It's spelled S-C-H-O-O-K. And then the apothecary that has a lot of different things in the blog and so on that's more spa-oriented but also goes direct to consumer is msapothecary.com. So A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y and MS is for Mary Shark. So um, those are two good resources. And then if you do a lot of exploring, there's a lot in there. So, you know, one of the trends that I predicted a long time ago is that we get into cold therapy because heat is actually not good. Steam is not good. And in fact, in Israel, they've banned steam because it's actually inflammatory. So I I preached it for years. People didn't want to hear it. And now all of a sudden you're seeing cold globes coming from France and all kinds of ice therapies because everything is so much about inflammation and calming down inflammation. So a lot of that information, especially for newer estheticians, you may want to check out some of what I've talked about because they're very anti- industry and what the industry has been talking about. So that's, that's a good resource. You're definitely a thought leader. And I feel honored that you spent almost an hour on the phone with me today, because I know you have a lot going on and you're doing good things for us and for our industry. I really appreciate it, Mary. Thanks for wrestling us, Laurie. Cause you know, I, I wish that there was a resource like this when I was first getting started and you know, a lot of us had, had to wing it. You either do it like the big spas where it's, you know, you take in certain brands and you do things a certain way and the, the mega spas are kind of dying. And so now it's about more of the independent leaders and the independent thoughts. And I, I really appreciate you wrangling us and, and helping especially people that are newer or those that are struggling with their spas right now. Yeah, this show has gotten some, my producer just called me, incredible ratings, incredible. I think we hit like something 110 podcasts in the world last week. And that means that we're hungry for this. And I think we're all tuning in. People like you are sharing amazing information and it's going to take our industry to a whole new level. I agree. I agree. Congrats. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you so much. I know what I'm doing as soon as I get my water heater taken care of. I'm going to really (laughs) investigate your website today because I want some cocoons. I'm telling you, you are going to be so addicted (laughs) I'm just like, oh my God. (laughs) I'm on it before this airs. So Mary, have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you for your time and keep on keeping on. You're doing great things. I appreciate you. You too. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Beauty Biz Show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to live beautifully. If you'd like a copy of my free report, six simple strategies to generate a dramatic increase in your beauty biz income and fill your appointment book with valuable clients, please visit www.lauricrete.com. Or if you'd like to book an appointment at my spa in Los Angeles, please visit www.thespa10.com. Thanks again for tuning into the Beauty Biz Show.